Now then, at 7.30, so-called girl statues representing victims of Imperial Japan's sex slavery remain a major thorn in Seoul-Tokyo ties. Earlier this year, in fact, a new girl statue built in Busan led to the temporary withdrawal of Japanese ambassador and uh, another senior official to Korea. And late September, a memorial titled Women's Column of Strength, which commemorates the same victims, was erected in St. Mary's Square, San Francisco's Chinatown. Of course, there were victims outside of Korea, including China, of the same practice. And we can bring in Stephen White, the sculptor of this particular column of strength, to hear more about the artwork, first of all. Thank you very much for speaking with us. Thank you for uh, asking me. It's a pleasure. And can you tell us a bit more about your statue, for those who have not had the, uh, the, the distinction of, of having seen it? I would say pleasure as an artwork, but of course what it stands for... It's difficult to use those terms. Can you um, describe it for us in more detail? It is. Uh, yeah, it's a, um, it was a competition that I uh, entered to uh, do this piece for San Francisco. Um, the piece itself is three girls of Korean, Chinese, and Filipino descent stood uh, with their backs to each other, holding hands on top of a column. And then they have a surviving, uh, what, what they call grandmother, looking up at them um, with some strength, uh, her, uh, with her age. Um, and that, that's, the, that's the piece. The, um, the piece is impressive, certainly. And I would urge anyone, you know, even now you could take a look at the, uh, the image of this um, and, and see exactly what you've described there very eloquently, Mr. White. But... What drew your interest into this subject? Do you have any connection with uh, these Asian nations, um, or was it just that the, the the competition itself caught your eye? Well, it was it was the competition that caught my eye. I had heard of the term "comfort woman" previously, and not really uh, looked into what what it involved. Um, and when we heard about the the commission, I wanted to challenge myself because I'm, I'm, you know, I, a figurative sculptor and I have 48 life-size and larger pieces in the U.S. and the U.K., uh, public sculptures, and this one was a very different challenge and one that I thought I would have a go at being capable of portraying the, uh, the suffering without being too blatant and to uh, hopefully attract people's attention enough to look into the subject further. From a, a Korean perspective, it, it is particularly notable that it, it's a very recognisable Korean dress that the grandmother you described, uh, as she looks up at these three girls, uh, is wearing. And I understand that is based on the Halmani Kim Haksun. Can you tell us a bit more about why... You chose her to be portrayed as the elderly lady. Well, with our research, and uh, as we take on projects in the studio, we deeply research any uh, subject matter, whether it be a uh, you know a dead American president or a World War II hero, or in this case um, something a little bit more uh, sensitive. Um, we found that um, Kim Sak Sim Sung Hoon was. Uh, one of the first uh, 
people to break the silence and come out and talk about the traumatic experience that she'd lived through. So it seemed suitable to put her as the, and, and what with her being deceased, it seemed suitable to put her as the, uh, the survivor figure in this uh, composition. Looking at the the symbolism of this statue and, and what the poses themselves represent, um, it, it seems, as you've suggested, the grandma is looking up um, at these girls. Uh, she's looking up at them, possibly with sympathy, possibly with uh, uh, reflection. But the girls themselves, they're, they're leaning forward slightly. They're holding hands. Uh, it's called the column of strength. I mean, in terms of basic physics, are they literally supporting each other in terms of the structure? They are. They are. And I wanted, they're stood on a, uh, what is called a court and steel um, structure, which is going to rust, because I wanted that to be delicate and to be chaotic in that what they are rising above is this, uh, trauma that they've been through and the only way that they could survive this trauma is with their um, their support of each other and that support went on through decades after if they managed to survive and only a small percentage of these comfort women managed to survive um, that they supported each other after the fact and I figured the only way they could survive this torture was to support each other during their uh, heinous capture, So they really are, you know, on the verge of collapse, if not for their own support. And it didn't matter what race they were, they were just all girls suffering the same uh, torture. The, the girl statues that we've seen in this country uh, and other parts of the world, and, and in fact travelling around even on buses, um, is a solitary figure sitting down often on a bench were you inspired by that now iconic image i'd seen it before and uh you know with our research we worked out that there were not only uh girls from south korea or korea um they were girls from china the philippines indonesia and uh, the dutch uh, uh islands um there were, in fact, I had a, a gentleman come in the studio just by chance, and his mother was a comfort woman from Guam. And so there really are multiple nations that were affected by this uh, systematic abuse. And uh, we wanted to try and represent as many as we could within the budget and to, uh, to get the point across. Were you expecting... A bit of a backlash, knowing that the the girl statues I just referred to in this country have been so contentious in terms of the relationship with Japan. I understand even the Osaka mayor has threatened to end the relationship with uh, sister city San Francisco over this. I was. I was not aware at the beginning of the project as we were uh, submitting our uh, proposal. But once I'd won the commission, I was... um, uh, taken aside and warned by the uh, managing partners in the project that this might happen. And I had to decide whether I was on the side of the victims or the side of the oppressor, and I chose the victims. Um, when it comes to Osaka, I think that if your sister city is going to 
deny and uh, have issue with the victims of a project, then they're not suitable to be a sister and, and San Francisco can do better. For now, thank you very much for sharing your own experience with this as the sculptor uh, and, unfortunately, some of the negative repercussions. Um, we wish you the best going forward. Thank you very much. Stephen White, sculptor behind Women's Column of Strength, certainly is an impressive piece of art in itself. As I said, the basic physics of it, the way these girls are supporting each other is impressive. Uh, and and we also heard there the statue is likely to continue to change over time with rust coming into the equation. Maybe some of us will have the opportunity to see it in person in San Francisco in the future. But this whole story of a backlash is rather too familiar. In fact, last month when the Korean government invited Yong Soo, a former comfort women victim, to the state banquet during President Trump's visit, that set off a formal protest from the Japanese government. Anything to do with this subject seems to set Tokyo off. Now, Mr. White's work, it is the first of its kind to be erected in a major US city, even though we have seen some contentious in the country previously related to these girl statues. Let's now bring in Judith Merkinson, president of the Comfort Women Justice Coalition, to find out more about the significance here. And thank you for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. I mean, we just heard from the sculptor there who said, you know, his attention was drawn in by the competition, which sounds like a great way of uh, engaging people who might not already be familiar with the subject. Can you tell us how the project was first conceived in San Francisco? Well, this was a project, uh, actually, its inception happened many, many years ago by two former judges now, uh, Judge Lillian Singh and Judge Julie Tang, who worked with an organization called the Rape of Nanjing Regis Coalition, and they wanted to do a memorial to Asian the victims and the survivors of the war in Asia during World War II, because there were so many about the war in Europe. And it came at a time when the women's movement was burgeoning, when there was increased understanding about sexual violence, and as there is today, as we know, and also about the issue of sex trafficking, which has a direct link, actually, with the system of the comfort women. And so in 2015, Eric Marr, who was a supervisor in the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco, which is sort of, there's a mayor and a Board of Supervisors who share the government of San Francisco, put forward a resolution calling for the erecting of a public memorial to the memory of the comfort women who were sexually enslaved during World War II, and to eradicating sexual violence during war and, the, and sex trafficking. And so that created, in that momentum, we created the Comfort Women Justice Coalition. And, and are you very satisfied with the outcome of this statue that's been funded by the coalition? Yes, I think it's really, really beautiful. And as you said, we decided under best practices, actually, that were put forward by the San Francisco Art Commission, that we would have an international competition to decide. And we did that. And we got 
people from all over the world who submitted, uh, you know, models of what they wanted to do. We showed them to the public in San Francisco, and then we decided among ourselves. And I think that what happened, what we decided, and how it turned out was actually far better than we ever even conceived of. Because one of the things that we did was we, we had a long discussion about who should represent these three young women girls, women, uh, in the statue. And we decided that it was very unusual for Asian women to be represented in any way in either the city of San Francisco or in the United States. And we decided that we wanted to have a pan-Asian representation. So there's a Korean girl, a Chinese girl, and a Filipina girl, the three countries most affected by this system. It's certainly a stirring monument, and I'm sure for people who are not familiar with the issue, they'll be drawn into it just by curiosity, if nothing else. But not all Asian Americans yeah, will be it's delighted. Really, it's, really, it's really amazing, because whenever we go there, whenever I bring anybody there, people start crying, even people mm. who didn't know very much about it. Wow. And whenever we go there, so it's very incredible. It's very moving. That, that really is uh, interesting to hear. Um, and I said before, I'd love to see it in person. It's impressive enough looking at it through uh, my smartphone. Um, but can you tell us yeah. about the response from Japanese Americans? Well, you know, from the very beginning, we had a mixed response. What you have to understand is that our coalition is an international coalition. It's made up of Chinese Americans, Korean Americans, Koreans, women activists like myself, veterans, Japanese, Japanese Americans, all sorts of people are in this coalition. And we've been supported by the Japanese American community from the very beginning. In fact, the Rape of Nanjing Redress Coalition had in it some of the leaders of the movement to demand redress and reparations for the internment of Japanese during World War II. And, you know, there were also, on the other side, there were people from the Japanese-American community who were afraid that having this kind of statue that targeted the Japanese government um, would engender racism, the kind of racism that occurred during the war and mm. anti-Japanese feeling, and would also bring disharmony through the Asians' community, the multi-Asian community in San Francisco and the Bay Area. And actually, nothing could be further from the truth. There haven't been any incidents of anti-Japanese feeling. And in fact, what we say is, you have harmony through truth and reconciliation. And when you acknowledge the truth, and when you acknowledge and accept your own responsibility, that brings harmony and that brings reconciliation. But you can't have reconciliation if you don't admit the truth. And, and one can understand that. And, and it's great how your organization has been able to hear from uh, ordinary Japanese people, Japanese people who would like to see this past rectified, but have their own natural concerns about perception. But... The Japanese government. Right. And in fact, mm. in fact, from the very beginning, our allies in Japan and the Japanese peace movement said to us, we, want, we urge you 
to build this statue. We think it's a fabulous idea. And since then, for the last two years that it took us to build the statue, we've gotten incredible support, both from the Japanese community in Japan and from the Japanese diaspora. Yeah, I mean, we should hardly have to say that, of course, the Japanese people are diverse enough to have, I'm sure, a, a great difference of opinion on this and many other issues. It's not like uh, all of Japan is against comfort women statues. But, but what we do see very vocally is uh, certain government officials taking a stand. What's your view of that, including the Osaka mayor? Uh, well, I would say two things. One is that the response of the Abe government in particular to this issue is one in which they want to deny history. And they want to pretend, they want to go backwards. They want to pretend that the greatest time in Japanese history was in sort of the pre-World War II, the beginning of World War II, when they were actually colonizing Asia and when they were militarizing. And I think this is very, very dangerous. They want to rewrite history, and it's part of a worldwide trend, actually, to rewrite the history of World War II, mm. to make it more palatable, and to, you know, make those who were actually defeated into victors. Just, you can't do that. You can't rewrite history that no. way. And then the response of the Osaka mayor around the issue of the sister city is absurd. I mean, you know, it's an interesting thing, because people will say, how can he do this about a statue? It's just a statue. Well, clearly statues are more important than people would like to just say, because they represent history, they represent the way we view history, they represent our collective memory, and also where we want to go forward, who we are as a society. So when the mayor of Osaka wants to deny that history, he's on the wrong side. And he's also denying women's human rights and saying that women's human rights isn't important. And in that sense, he's also against the international community. Well, he certainly uh, stirred up a, a hornet's nest, as it were, of criticism here. Yes. Uh, Judith Merkinson, <laughs> thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. It's and so please, everyone who's listening, come mm. and visit us. And you can email us and go to our Facebook page, and we'll be glad to meet you at the statue. Well, look out there for the Comfort Women Justice Coalition. Judith Merkinson, the president of that organization, it's been a pleasure having you on the line. And it's wonderful as well having more than one country involved in this. I've said it for a long time. Having China, the Philippines, South Korea, and any other parties joining together takes some of the nationalism out of it, and, and, and I think rightly puts the focus on the victims themselves you can have your own say pounder sharp 1013 for 51 per message